Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 222, Astrological Insights for 2023. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host... Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world. I hope you've had a very enjoyable festive season, which is still going on, that you've been able to get together with friends and family who resonate on the same frequency as you do, bringing joy and happiness and peace to your world. And we're about to step into a new year. But I don't know about you, it just feels as if we're continuing a cycle, not to say there's not new things happening. But it's not the same as saying end of one year, beginning of the next. It feels like things are increasing in a very positive way. We're heading towards more freedoms, more community activities, more collective thinking. And this has been building since 2020 and before that. And I just look back at around January the 12th of 2020 and when the sun hits that same degree, I think it's about January the 13th of 2023, we're seeing what was going on back in January 2020 when Saturn and Pluto and Mercury all came together in Capricorn with the sun. And who could have imagined what we were going to go through? Saturn, authority, institutions, corporations, people with expertise, Pluto transformation, Mercury in Capricorn dogmatic information. And we saw that. We saw this information coming in in an authoritative way, telling us what to do. And who could imagine the transformation that's taken place since then? I, like many of you, I'm sure, have seen a great awakening happening, not a restriction, a shutdown, it was almost as if because of being cocooned or stuck into a bubble or locked down, there was this deeper awareness of saying, well, what is it that I want out of my life? What is the freedom I want? And I've talked about this quite a lot, that I've seen so many beautiful butterflies emerging from the pupa after being locked down. People taking responsibility for their lives, taking ownership of their bodies, saying, that's not what I want, or I do want this. But it's no longer about being sheep that just following one direction. It's more about individuality. And we're going to see much more of this as we head into 2023. And I was reading this morning about the tragic circumstances in China at the moment where they've dropped all their restrictions of lockdowns, and not allowing people out of their buildings, which was devastating in its own right. But now they're seeing huge amounts of COVID. Their hospitals are overwhelmed by the amount of people who need help. And it just shows that lockdowns actually do not work long-term because that's what China wanted. They wanted to see if they could have zero, zero COVID. And instead what they didn't get was herd immunity. They did not let the generalized population spread this, develop natural immunity and build that, build a, the strength from that. 
And so they at the moment are going through this horrendous situation that we probably saw back in 2020, 2021. But we're moving on from those times. And I think it's just sometimes good to reflect. And I'm going to be reflecting back on some of these major events that are happening now and certainly for the first six months of 2023. Now, before we get into 2023, we have Mercury going retrograde today, which is a great thing <laughs> in Capricorn. And we also have Pluto at the end of Capricorn, so they're right next to each other. And we have Venus there. So if we just take the Venus-Pluto conjunction, which is at the end of this year, you may find that you are wishing to transform your relationships. Venus is about relationships, Pluto transformation. You may find that there's some very intense energies in your relationships, maybe very passionate, or that you may find that there's an intense communication because Mercury is also there. So just be aware of that. There's a sort of intensity, passion to your relationships. At the same time, Venus also rules Taurus, which is connected to money and food and, and the nature. So we may see something happening around any of those areas where there may be a lack of food, or certainly that's been happening for many around the world, or we may see changes within the environment, but we also may see money shifting or some instability in the money markets over this time. Of course, we've Many people, including myself, have talked about that for maybe a few years, saying something's going to happen. The markets will have to change. Whether that's going to happen this year, in the next few months, I don't know. But Pluto is still working on institutions that tend to hold that money and not necessarily allow it to be distributed to those that need it. And I think we're seeing that around the world where huge budgets are being created, but most people never see the like of it, and that has to stop. So we have that happening. Now, at the same time, Mercury going retrograde, we always relate to computers going off or, or travel being disturbed or communication not being adequate. And, and of course, many of you have been suffering from that because of snowstorms, flooding, heat, <laughs> or wherever you're living in the world, there's a lot of disruption too communication, simple travel, VAV travel, and the ability to move around. And part of that is Mercury and Pluto being together right there, at conjunct at the end of Capricorn. So things will ease off, but Mercury, as I say, is going to go retrograde until the middle of January. So just take it easy, take it easy, things will move. The next thing I want to say is that we are moving into January and in the middle of January, and I'm going to just make sure I check on my notes here because there's a lot of dates going on. On the 12th of January, Mars goes direct. Now, Mars is spending this eight-month period, a very long time in Gemini, which of course I love. But Mars has been going retrograde in Gemini and Mars is about passion intensity again, but it's also about obsession sometimes. But when it's going retrograde, all of that intensity, all that passion goes within. So I have to admit to my frustration in terms of lack of communication or things being spoken about, but no action taking place. So I think this is what's happening when Mars is in Gemini retrograde, that, that 
internal frustration occurs, things that are maybe not being said, things that are being brought to the surface and then buried again. And a lot of that's happening out there in the world at this moment. We saw Twitter releasing more and more information, but it seems to be going nowhere. Whether you want it to go somewhere or not, up to you. But information has to expose or inform, bring us information. And in that informing brings changes. So with Mars going direct again in the middle of January, we should see more flow, easier flow of communication, easier flow of information. And maybe it's about you. Maybe you've been thinking of writing a book or maybe you've been thinking of speaking out or doing more speaking. Gemini speaking, writing, thinking, reading, <laughs> listening, all of those qualities. So what's been bubbling up inside you that wants to be said? Maybe you want to start a podcast yourself or maybe you want to teach. Maybe you want to write. What needs to be said? Maybe you just want to write a letter you never send to someone and burn it. So something that may be internally shifting can be released then on the 12th of January. And so that's a, a really good time. And especially since between the 12th and then the 18th, Mercury goes direct again, thank goodness. So Mercury, again, related to Gemini, rules Gemini, there's more communication we're going to see around that 12th, 18th, and then even up to the 20th of January, when Uranus, which is the planet of revolution and sudden, ch sudden change, also goes direct. So every planet is going to be going direct by the 20th of January. And that means let's move forward. Let's, let's motivate ourselves. Not, let's not keep digging back into the past. But even if we've been digging in the past, let's bring the information, the wisdom that we've received into the future. Where are we going? What's going on? So I think around that January 20th is going to be very significant. New changes, revolution, uh, communication. And we are already seeing revolutions happening across the world. We're seeing it in Brazil, in Peru. We're seeing it in countries where they're not happy with what's happening. We're seeing it in England. We're seeing it in Netherlands. I think we're going to see far more communication, not just about talking about it, but bringing together people where they can have more than just a discussion that there is actually bringing thoughts into action. And I feel that that is not just going to be about protests, although I'm all for that. There's something more going to happen. And I think it's going to be a collective movement. It's going to be truly people coming together and deciding on a collective action that is going to be enhanced by as I'm going to talk about Pluto going into Aquarius. What is it that we are doing collectively to change the information that's coming to our children, coming to our churches, coming to our, our religions, coming to our politicians? Communication has to now shift, and it cannot be blocked by those who have a problem with their own level of security with their own information. Why do I say that? is that if someone has to shut down someone else's communication or opinion, it means that their own opinion is very insecure. 
So if you have to shout me down and say that's wrong or call me names, it's really a problem for you, not for me. So I would say to you, why do you have so much problem with my ideas? Are you so unsure of your own that you have to do that? And I used to hear that when my teaching, and I'm just saying that in, in the past, I remember people coming to my classes and saying, oh, my partner, often a husband, if I've got to be honest, is often saying, you're not going to go and do that silly thing again, or why are you doing that, or that's a waste of time, or that's woo-woo, or whatever. And these brave individuals will say, well, actually, this matters to me. I'm going to do this. This helps me in my own healing. But what always interested me was, why does that individual, whether it's a partner, a family member, a friend, have to put your ideas down? Why are they so threatened by someone else's ideas? And it really made me understand that when someone steps away from the common, common information, the common way of thinking, boy, does it threaten others. And it doesn't necessarily threaten them because it's a new idea. It threatens them because they're now questioning their old ideas. And I think that's what's happening. If you're so secure in what you know, you don't have to put someone else down. And I feel that's what's happening. And so that's going to expand itself. Dropping those ideas into a group who feel that they have all the answers is starting to stir up the insecurity, the doubt in the minds of those who have always felt they had all the answers or their beliefs were true. And we're seeing much more of that happening, and it's going to happen even more as we go through the year. So don't give up dropping, dropping hints, but don't also drop seeds onto barren land. It's not worth it. Just be true to yourself and ask yourself, if I'm not true about my own beliefs, if I'm not walking my talk, or if my beliefs are a little odd or off, I should say, um, you know, help me to come back on track with my beliefs, my own truth. So that's what I've always done is saying, okay, I'm not holding on to this like a, I've got to hold on and this has got to be true because if it's not, I don't exist. It's more of a, I can let it go. If it's, if it's mine, it will come back to me. And that's what I found I've done throughout my life with all the things I've written in my books, which may be a little out there, you know, I still stand by them 30-odd years on since I wrote my first book, Frontiers of Health. So test yourself. Give it away. See if it comes back, and if it still feels true, keep going. So that takes us through January, and obviously I'm going to say more about that. And then as we also have one other thing happening is Jupiter uh, is in Aries, and it's getting closer and closer to Chiron, which is the wounded healer. Now, all of us have a Chiron, and Chiron is about, in Aries, is about where's my inner hero wounded? Where am I scared of just stepping out and being my own adventurer? Where am I scared of being me? And so what we have there is Jupiter is going to meet Chiron on the May the, uh, excuse me, let me just get it right, on March the 7th. And so between January and March, you're going to see far more discussions about war, as I mentioned last time. How, where are we going to war in from our woundedness? And that doesn't have to be big wars. 
it can be where am I fighting someone in my family from my own woundedness? And it ties back to the discussion I had about disappointment. Where am I continually going back into a war zone because I'm disappointed that people do not go along with my way of thinking? Where am I trying to bargain with them? Where am I trying to change their mindset? If we're trying to change someone, then we shouldn't be going to war. Boy, we're always going to war because we're trying to change someone. We should choose our battles. If, if it's something that you're saying, this is my matter of principle, I don't care if you want to change or not, then that's the healthy hero. The unhealthy hero is where we're trying to change someone. That's when we get into problems. You know, in the olden days, times of Troy, for instance, or in the age of Aries, which was before the age that we're presently in of Pisces, it really was, I'm going to send my hero up against your hero, and they'll only start at 9 a.m. in the morning, and they're finished by 2 o'clock. No, but it was very organized. And whichever hero won, it was like, yay, yay, well done, hero. Woo. But it wasn't, it wasn't about trying to change someone else. It really was just two strong people coming together, you know, physically strong, and courageously battling it out. But most of our wars aren't like that now. They're based on woundedness, they're based on fear, they're based on instability, they're based on corruption. We've got to stop fighting those wars. Not that I think any war is good, but wars based on one person trying to change another or gaining from the, from the loss of another is never a way to be, whether it's a big war or the wars within our own hearts or in our own souls or even within our own families. So that's all going to start the marching experience. And this is really the next step that I'm wanting to take because we've got a lot going on in March. So we have the Chiron coming together with Jupiter. And we then have the next things that are happening is Saturn goes into Pisces. Saturn goes into Pisces on the March the 8th. And this is really a huge shift. So Saturn is structure, organization, authority, in Pisces, which is about freedom, unlimitedness, um, creativity, spirituality, you know, stories, um, psychicness. So Saturn in Pisces is, I think, about organized chaos or organizing spirituality or bringing spirituality down to earth or seeking out the illusions and being clear what is illusion and what is true. So we have so many things that are going to happen. And it lasts for about three years, two and a half, three years, Saturn being in Pisces. And when I look back at the last time this happened, we, it was May 1993 to January 1996 and 1964 to 1967. And you could keep going back 29 years. But it's very interesting to look at your own life and say, what was going on at those times? And I feel that what was going on at those times were these times where it really was wars were happening. We had the Bosnian War. We had polarized wars. We had cults coming in at those times. There's a belief around space travel, certainly going to the moon, other things. And I think also a belief in ETs. So what am I saying? I think the potential is 
of increased space travel, increased uh, open contact, as we would say with ETs, increased information about ETs. But I also think we're going to see where has this whole UFO story been man-made. Not say the whole of it, but I think we're going to find out what is real and what is not. What is man-made and what is true? Or true as in being from another galaxy, etc. And I think that's what's exciting about this time. We're going to see more information coming over at is what you're promising, is what you're offering me real or an illusion? And that has no need to look at anything like just spirituality, although I think that's going to be up. Is this a cult? Is this taking me somewhere? Or are you just lining your own pockets? So I think we're going to see a lot of that happening. But we're also going to be looking at anybody who's giving information out or that is illusionary. And again, I can come back to people who say it's safe and effective or it's these sort of mind games. So I think we're going to start to be more aware of the mind games, mind control. What am I being told that is actually hypnotizing me into a state of believing something? I think we're going to become more aware of where there are simulated holograms, where I'm being told that something's real when it isn't. So I think we're going to be breaking free of situations that, as I say, mainly are taking us into uh, alter states of reality that don't necessarily serve us. And I think from that point of view, we're also going to see an increase in people talking about plant medicines or taking plant medicines or mushrooms, some of which I'm really into in terms of I agree with, because I think sometimes these mind-altering drugs can help people to break free of addictions and depressions. But I also feel that we have to have very clear intentions about why we're doing these things. If you're telling me I'm going to be a better person because I'm doing this or a more spiritual person, then it's probably illusion. If you're going to tell me that it's going to help me in a very concrete way, Saturn, then I'll go for it. So I think that's what's really important. Asking ourselves, is what I'm doing, my rituals, my meditations, is it actually a very concrete way which is changing the foundation of who I am and how I live? Or am I just escaping? Am I just drifting out of my body? So I feel there's going to be more talk about rooting and grounding and intention and clarity, which is really good. Because I feel this is an extraordinary time of ascension, uh, of awakening. So don't get me wrong, but it's not when we're out of our body, it's when we're in our body that the greatest transformation will take place. Now, just to finish with Saturn, Saturn in Pisces is, was also a time where we could see wars develop in a polarized way. Go to war, for instance, the Bosnian War, the Serbian War. This was one group against another. People with very dogmatic points of view or illusionary points of view going at war against each other. We have that going on anyway at this present time. But I think there's, we need to be watchful of those who are just warmongers who are going to set one group up against another and say, no, I'm not doing that. I need to meet those people, as I've mentioned before, and find out who they are. And why I feel this is important to understand is over the next few years, probably not next year, but 2024, 25, 26, where we have more contact with our star beings, our star family, 
there is going to be an effort to try and see these as the enemy that we're going to go to war against. So anybody who's different from us must be an enemy. So that's also, as I say, Saturn is going into Pisces in March and will stay there, I think, around to January of 2026. So just be mindful that this period of time is going to have, we'll have more open contact with ETs, but not to see them as the enemy, because that's what we're going to, the illusion that will be played out. And finally, I think I just want to say that the other big event, maybe two big events, one event is that through the year, we'll be seeing a change in this sort of north node, south node axis that you may know has been in Scorpio and Taurus. We've been having eclipses in Scorpio and Taurus. And over the year, it will start to shift also into Aries and Libra. Now, that doesn't have to bother you too much, but Scorpio and Taurus are kind of heavy, you know, going deep into ourselves. So I feel that if we move into Aries and Libra, there's a lightness coming. And I think that's very true of 2023, this sort of lightness occurring. And that's aligned to Pluto going into Aquarius out of Capricorn. And that occurs on the 24th of March. So I keep saying how big March is. And Pluto will go out of Capricorn into Aquarius, then go retrograde and eventually be back in Capricorn again, I think the beginning of June. So it's not in Aquarius for a long period of time, but it will then next year it will be in much longer and it actually will stay in Aquarius until 2044. <laughs> so it has a long period of time ahead of it. But what it's bringing is transformation, Pluto, Aquarius collective, transformation of the communities we're living in, transformation of the way in which we come together in communities. I do, and I keep saying <clears throat> that we're coming to the end of the guru, the leaders, the teachers. We're going to have a more collective way of acting. But that doesn't mean then, oh, we all go in a circle, but one person takes the lead. In Aquarius, everybody has to be self-accountable. It's actually saying, no, you're not allowed to be in this collective unless you are willing to give something to the collective, to, be, to bring your own ideas forward, to be that piece of jigsaw that needs to be laid down. You're not allowed to do the following. And when I see our politicians following a view, one person's viewpoint just because they want to be re-elected or get the money, I'm appalled. This is not the Aquarian way. Again, if you're scared of being yourself because you are not going to be liked, the Aquarian way says, I would rather do things on my own than be with a group of people that are doing something I don't want to do. We need to have the courage to stand alone, walk alone, knowing that once we do that, we bring together people around us who also have that courage to do that because they're not scared of not knowing who they are. They know who they are. They're willing to speak about who they are and step together forward. This is the Aquarian way. So this is a huge transformation, as I say, we'll carry on till 2044. And we're going to see more revolutions. We're going to see, again, it's not one leader stepping forward. Everybody's waiting for, oh, the, you know, the Messiah will return or someone will lead. No, nobody's returning or coming except for within each of us. There's not going to be one person leading the parade. It's going to be people coming in almost. You won't know who it is that's the leader. 
bit like the geese that you'll keep changing positions. We need everybody stepping up. And those revolutions may be in a way that we see them out on the streets, or it might be the way of thinking, or it might be the way of integrating into churches or religions or, or schools or politics. In other words, all the institutions need to break down these old structures that are holding them locked in and choose to be more open, not needing to sit behind some big desk to prove who you are or to sit up on a stage to prove who you are. Let's all come together. We're all in one community, no one better than another. And my last thing is about how or when Pluto was in Aquarius last time. Interesting, it was around 60 AD. And interesting, that was almost the start of when the Roman Empire started to break apart. And I think we're going to see countries breaking apart or counties breaking apart or states breaking apart or even I've seen towns breaking apart. People saying, I no longer go along with your point of view. I no longer relate or align to the principles of this particular organ uh, state, etc. And we're going to break apart. And I think we're going to see a lot of disorganization. Some even talk about a civil war. But it's really people saying, you know, you put me in this group or I didn't want to be in this group, which is really what's happening in Ukraine. And we now need to allow people to say, actually, just because you put a border around me and called me this thing, that isn't who I am. So I see people and groups and even, as I say, counties or states, et cetera, breaking apart and saying, I don't want to be part of this common experience if it isn't allowing me to be free, to be myself, and to find a point of my own frequency adding to this collective rather than me being squelched all the time. So. 60th AD was the end of the, really, when the Roman Empire started to break apart. Then 305 to 329 AD. And this was the time of the Nicene uh, Agreement where the Christian community came together and decided which parts of the Bible they would throw out and which parts they would leave in. And the reason they did that was, again, because they didn't feel that they could hold the community together, the collective, unless they made these agreements. So this really ties in with a sort of constitutional change that's happening in America, because this is going to tie into the American time where the constitution was written. But it feels that at these times, Pluto and Aquarius, new constitutional rules are created to meet the collective, not the selective. So I feel this is very exciting. And so I don't necessarily agree with throwing out pieces of the Bible that we desperately needed, but clearly it's a breakdown to break through, and this is what's happening. And then 1286 to 1308, this really again was, uh, I should say that was more the time where the Templars really became strong, a belief in a, in a greater story, in a more spiritual story. This was the time where the musicians became very feminine and, and in terms of creating their stories for the, for the women, there were a lot of strong women around during that time. And it was really, again, it's not male versus female. It was a feminization in terms of let's bring again this magnetic energy together. The troubadours are the people I'm trying to think of and how songs were important and poetry and mythologies and beliefs that, that were much, weren't rigid. They were much more open. And I can see that happening. 
And then um, 1532 to 1553, um, this was a time in Britain when Anne Boleyn was around. And Anne Boleyn, despite having a head chopped off by Henry VIII and his crew, she also brought new church into the Church of England. And obviously there wasn't a Church of England before that. It was the creation of the Church of England and leaving of Rome. So she was the one that brought new ideas in. And I, I think there's a theme here about the feminine coming in. And I should have said back in 60 AD, it was a time of Queen Bodicea, or Bodica, as we might call her in England. And again, this feminine energy coming through as a, as a leader, willing to take the lead. And that's really what Anne Boleyn did, losing her head in the process. And then 1777 to 1797 was the last time, and that was the time when the Constitution of the United States uh, was created. But also great revolutions took place, again, with a strong feminine energy coming through. So I'm excited by what's coming. I feel it's not about feminine leaders. It's about the feminine energy of collectiveness, of community, of oneness, of inclusion, and recognizing it's not about the Piscean way of fight anybody who doesn't look like us. This is about let's meet each other, let's spread our wings, male or female, and find out who people are. But everybody has to come to a, a similar level. And I look forward to seeing you next year in the new year and a very happy new year and a happiness with your friends and family and loved ones and your pets and knowing the spirit world is so close to us at this time, helping us to actually expand our horizons because it's time. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeak.